had a, where Al Shabaab has one of the biggest recruiting bases in Tanzania. So it 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 goes to explain why the most of the most of the of the Al Shabaab operatives are actually Somali, Kenyans, Tanzanians, mm-hmm. and now we are having uh, in DRC and Mozambique because it's it's following their affiliation to to ISIL. My name is Leila Mohamed, a senior defense and diplomacy reporter here at the Nation Media Group, NTV, joined by the gang, Mary Wamboy from the Daily Nation. Hi, Mary. Hi, Leila. And the OG himself, Dominic Kobala, he's been discussing and writing about uh, security and matters, defense, for as long as I can remember. Hi, Dominic. How are you today? Hi, I'm well, thank you. So we begin this conversation from where we left last and there are several issues that have come back in terms of um, our conversations then. Uh, There is an article that has come out in the dailies today about that conversation we had last week and the alignment and the realignments within the Kenyan military and the expectations uh, of Kenyans on who will become next. Uh, Before we move into the, the, the topic of the day, and we're talking about uh, a critical matter that has affected the region in the last few days. Um, Mary, what are your thoughts on, 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 on that discussion last week and based on uh, the new entities that have begun uh, and what we are seeing in the papers lately? I think the, the discussion was very timely. It seems to have kicked off a debate online. Yesterday, someone was trending and even uh, the day before. Uh, I think uh, it it gives you a feeling that this transition might happen sooner than we expected. So we're still waiting to see, but a lot is being talked. Wabala, are you still stuck to the March and September, or do you think um, the time is nigh? I, th- I think with the with the kind of, uh, of of anticipation and everything, it it, it might change. But uh, ordinarily, uh, the, the board sits between, on, in March. It sits twice in a year, March and September. And uh, if we expect any changes, they will have to. They will fall within that time. Uh, uh, chances that if t- if it happens in March, uh, or if it doesn't happen in March, then uh, a few people will remain in. And will will be included in the in the in the list of those who are supposed to take over from uh, from uh, the current uh, CDF. But if it happens in March, then it will happen sooner than we expect. And I think that's a conversation that we need to keep abreast with in the next uh, few weeks, if not months. And um, definitely, uh, you'll get all the details on this particular podcast. Uh, there's also another issue that we talked about uh, because basically we're dealing with security and security has a two-form uh, tier system of, of, of uh, how it works. And uh, we were looking at uh, the administration of the National Police Service and we were having that conversation around Grace Kaindi and whether or not she acted as the Inspector General of Police, especially during the transition period between the tenure of Joseph Boynette and um, Inspector General of Police uh, Kimayo, um, there is that concern that uh, uh, 
uh, it wasn't really her who who who, who took over uh, that kind of leadership uh, it was uh, the other DIG at the time, Arachi, who was in charge of uh, the administration police service, who was actually in charge until Joseph Boynet took over office. Um, Mary, how do you remember things then um, covering the police system where you are placed at? I only covered uh, Boynet when he visited uh, Kiambu County. Back then I was a correspondent in Kiambu, so I didn't get to interact with him much. Mm. Only on, I remember a particular incident when there was a major raid at a certain alcohol factory, and that's when I had a close interaction with him. And Mary, remember the first time we actually met. <laughs> it was funny. I remember it was um, President Kenyatta's, uh, he had just won the election and we were in um, Ishaweri, mm -hmm. if I'm not wrong. And then I got a call. Uh, my, my editor then was um, Emmanuel Juma. And he said, Leila, I need you to leave Kiambu immediately and go to the other side of Kiambu County. You need to go to Thika. And I was asking myself, what's going on? And he said, there's a big, big story. And if you know Emmanuel Juma, he, he speaks with capital letters. Mm -hmm. And he said, there's a journalist there from the Daily Nation named Mary Wamboy. You're going to join her. And it's a big story. So I was like, what is it? And um, it, it turned out to become the biggest story. Even people forgot about the elections for a moment. It was a bunch of young guys from university <laughs> who had dug into the the bunker of a of a bank KCB thicker branch mm -hmm. at the time, and they stole quite a significant amount of change. You yeah. remember that day? And looking back, it's been several years, and things have we've we've really grown into understanding what the police and and how they work. You remember that day? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I'll I'll never forget how I learned of the of the what do we call it of the hist, because huh? I remember that day um, I was. It was around 12 p.m. and uh, we were just going about with our activities and then I chanced on a, on a signal, <laughs> <laughs> on a police signal. I don't know if I'm supposed to say this because these things are secret. Mm -hmm. uh, no, I held in confidence. I hear you. So then, you know, at first it didn't hit me that it was a serious, you know, serious crime that has occurred. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I did was to share it with the then um, digital editor and that was Harry Misiko. Mm -hmm. And uh, Harry, being who he is, immediately noticed that this is a big, a major story, and he told me to get moving and to get to where the bank is. And when I got there, the, the um, police commander at the time had arrived, and they had sealed off the area, and then we got to break, that's how we got to break the story. And it's interesting that in the next 24 hours, mm -hmm. the money was found somewhere in... <laughs> was it Gidurai or where? No, it was in Georgia and they keep blaming women. <laughs> <laughs> but I think they were bright enough to pull off an extremely significant heist. Mm -hmm. But I think that's where their brightness ended. <laughs> Obala, what do you think? No, I, I think, I, I think the, the, the haste... Uh, forgive my words, the haste was a brilliant idea by the university guys. It wasn't an armed robbery, whatever. It, they took their time. Mm -hmm. uh, it involved a lot of knowledge and all that to pull off such a haste. But as it is, uh, like Mary saying, 
uh, all was blamed on women because they they, they they would not have why it not for for a blunder by one of the women associated to them they would not have been discovered mm-hmm. but then it was discovered just because of, because she was flouting out I think she posted it on Facebook yeah she did, uh, uh, she did the yeah. money in agunia agunia yeah, and on the bed and all that so i think that is what uh, what uh, sold them out speaking about but policing um wabala um that time during the transition between the Kimayo and the Boinet years um another time president uru kenyatta had a penchant for the intelligence service uh, grace kindy was a significant part of the policing system because she was at that time the senior most female Senators. officer then uh, but then just to clarify um when kimayo left office um it was his other dig arachi who took over and 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 and, and handled things up until boynet uh, took over uh, office or was sworn into office yeah it was it was uh, actually it was uh, arachi who took uh, over Uh, but grace had just been uh, had just taken the office as uh, the, the 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 other Dep- uh, deputy inspector general of police so there's that uh, confusion that was there but uh, if if you remember well uh, one of the first assignments by arachi was actually going to lamu there was an operation in boni forest by mm-hmm. by a, 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 a multitask uh, agency that was uh, dealing with the attacks by the alshabab attacks in boni and he he he, he was He was for some time posted there. Mm-hmm. He was there for quite some time. Maybe that what what, what uh, brought the confusion. Yeah. And speaking about Bonnie, I think it now ventures us into this episode's conversation. The Bonnie forest for Kenya has become uh, like what we see in northern Nigeria. Um it is a hub for the terrorist groups in in that have taken uh, their activities inside East Africa. Uh, the latest conversation we were having with you guys before this podcast was uh, uh, that announcement by the United the United States Embassy in Tanzania that they are worried uh, that um, their signals they are receiving that there's a significant threat of terror inside Tanzania. We have seen the hand of terror here in Kenya. And um, in the region the last one month has been a haven Uh, god forbid of 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 terror activities all the way up to the democratic republic of uh the congo mary mm-hmm. we've worked with you on the on the story of uh, the kasindi church attack and uh, we know that a kenyan is 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 being held inside drc and uh, their police forces are working with kenyan police forces to, to just find out who this guy is and i've been reading somewhere and I realized that his bad behaviors began here in Isli estate. Yes, yes. Um the DCI had put up um is it a poster? Uh, they want they were looking for him following the disappearance of some money in Isli. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the time that probably he fled Kenya to Somalia. No, to wherever he went to, probably Mozambique because he's been linked to ADF. I, I think uh we need to look at this in a bigger context uh, in a larger context as it is. Uh this is not the sec- the first Kenyan to be implicated in terror activities in DRC mm-hmm. uh, f- uh affiliated to ADF. ADF. Mm. Uh there was a Kenyan uh who also wanted in Kenya for terror activities and he participated in the slaughter over uh, of over democratic of uh, Congo soldier 
it was it's something that was online uh, the, 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 the gruesome uh, killing was 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 broadcast all over now but we need to look to to relate uh, this involvement of of of, uh, of of Kenyans and people from Somali into Mozambique and DRC on on the onslaught of uh, of, uh, of by 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 but at uh, contributing countries in Somali and uh, and the US attacks on, on US uh, hits on on uh, on Somali on on Al-Shabaab bases and 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 uh, Al-Shabaab leaders and when whenever there is a there is a there is a that, that tightened uh, activity in Somali against Al-Shabaab they always flow into into the neighboring countries Kenya uh, uh Uganda uh, DRC, Mozambique, and Tanzania, mm -hmm. and it is the reason that uh, U.S. has had has has put. Uh, it might be one of the reasons that U.S. has put that alert in Tanzania, mm -hmm. because the channel through which uh, the the Al Shabaab escaped from from Somali is the Boni Forest mm -hmm. into Kenya and along the coast into into uh, TZ Tanzania, and uh, I think it's Moshio. I'm not so sure about them, but I think it's Moshi where they had a, where Al Shabaab has one of the biggest recruiting bases in Tanzania. So it 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 goes to explain why the most of the most of the of the Al Shabaab operatives are actually Somali, Kenyans, Tanzanians, mm -hmm. and now we are having uh, in DRC and Mozambique because it's it's following their affiliation to to ISIL. We've, we are we are now seeing more and more expanded operations of of uh, ter 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 terrorist groups. And before we, we we delve deeper into this conversation, let's just uh, get you to understand what some of these acronyms we are talking about. Uh, maybe you could be wondering what ADF is, what ISIS is. So the ADF is the Allied Democratic Force. Uh, it has its 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 base its origins within Uganda. Uh, it started first off as a political outfit, and then uh, joined terror links with um, international terror organizations, and and they've they've been bringing havoc inside Uganda for quite some time. You remember the massacre, ba massacre, yes. a bus attack uh, last year, and you also remember that attack uh, inside Kampala um, also. Uh, was affiliated to them and, and and that's the reason why President Yoweri Museveni took his military into the mountains in eastern DRC under Operation Shuja and we got a lot of insights into that operation vis-a-vis -vis the Twitter page of uh, General Muhozi Kainerugaba and um, they have been affiliated to what's also happening in Cabo Delgado in, 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 in Mozambique uh, as well as also there are several international outfits that are coming into focus with the local groups. Uh, of course, the Al-Shabaab is something that uh, when you mention that word in Kenya, everyone just knows where it is based. But they don't know that majority of Al-Shabaab are, are, are affiliated with Al-Qaeda. And when uh, the Al-Qaeda guy was killed by the United States, people thought that was the death of Al-Qaeda. Um, but then now the ADF uh, that is based off in, in, in Eastern DRC and Uganda is also affiliated to the Islamic State Institution. And that's what is acronymed as ISIS and ISIL, or sometimes they just call themselves IS. So when we delve into this conversation, um, the latest attack inside Mogadishu was 
on Sunday, I believe. And this was a week after uh, another attack also in Somalia. And then on Saturday, uh, the Americans had already announced that they'd killed uh, several Al-Shabaab um, operatives inside Somalia. Mary, mm -hmm. looking at how some of these attacks are happening, you had mentioned before that they could be re repatriation attacks. Uh, do you think um, that could be the main reason for the frequency of what we are seeing going on in the region now? Well, um, there's a feeling that, um, I don't know whether this is the exact reason, but there's a feeling that Al-Shabaab, uh, the way Al-Shabaab is facing um, a heavy onslaught in Somalia, mm -hmm. they're looking for new grounds to settle and uh, establish bases that they didn't have before. And um, I'm not quite sure if saying that the attacks are stemming from that is really true, but it could be it could be linked to that because we know once they've they've been attacked they always seek to to what do we call it to revenge so it could be related um or maybe no i don't want to imagine that there are new cells forming probably new cells coming from what is happening in somalia mm -hmm. that that would be my guess but kenya has done quite a good job in terms of uh, sorting out these sleeper cells, especially mm -hmm. around the coast and some parts of Eastern Africa. Mm -hmm. And we've seen them change tact in, in the kind of recruitees uh, that they're having. They're, it's no longer uh, names from specific uh, outfits. They're, yeah. they're, 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 they're looking for people who have gone to school, people who have several degrees, people who come from different parts of the country. And uh, they're using these young people to, to do a lot of their groundwork. Uh, in, in some of the attacks. Look at the Dusit attack, Wabala, yeah. um, and, and look at the faces behind. And, and, and speaking about the Dusit, it's just recently when the American um, ambassador to Kenya, Meg Whitman, was standing at the DCI headquarters with uh, Mohammed Amin, the DCI uh, director, and they were giving a uh, 10 million US dollar bounty that is equivalent to 1.2 billion yeah. Kenya shillings. For an individual they are calling Mahmoud Abdi Aden, who is accused of the Dusit attack um, on a similar January like this, uh, was it four or five years ago? Yeah, it's about, about four or five years ago, I'm not so sure. Four, I think, yeah, four, four years. Four years. Yeah, and, and, and uh, most of the time, uh, successful in quotes, Al-Shabaab attacks, have always been used by the the, the, the insurgent groups, uh, the terrorist group, to incite or to influence their recruitment. Now, whenever they have a hit, it is a hit on their recruitment process. So I believe uh, that uh, the onslaught by uh, the Somali uh, National Army uh, on, on Al-Shabaab is really, is not working in favor for Al-Shabaab. So they will do anything and everything to try and and uh, and uh, and uh, maintain face, and that is the, I, I believe that is the reason of of the sustained attacks that are going on now and all all over. Uh, they 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 are they are also reasons that influence the continuous uh, uh, attacks uh, attributed to ISIL in the region, remembering that ISIL wants to 
to, to, to pu is pushing for propagate uh, a supposed uh, Islamic caliphate in the region. So that, that, that is what they are, they are trying to do. But the, the, the bounty too uh, is, is, is in the hope that uh, Kenyans or individuals in the region who might have information to these uh, individuals might give information that lead to their uh, apprehend, apprehend, uh, to their being apprehended. Now, uh, 1.2 billion is quite some <laughs> substantial it's amount of money. It's enough pocket change to annual. Yes, it's uh, exactly, and 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 that under possibility of relocation. <laughs> I think I think there, there was that footnote somewhere mm -hmm. that in, 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 in there's also possibility of 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 of, uh, of uh, being relocated in the event that you are giving that information, of course, uh, fearing for attacks from uh, the perpetrators. Maybe I covered the first um, um, 10 million US dollar bounty that the US government put on Malim Ayman accused of the Mandabe attack. And that was a military installation. And uh, several years later, they are saying this individual is out there. We need him and we need all the information. And we were having conversations in the newsroom and a lot of guys were saying, if I could be able to f to find this guy and earn this kind this kind of money, that would be a retirement package. Do you think so? And and how easy is it to 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 give this kind of information? But because I know they must see it and dissect it and understand it to a level where they are hundred percent sure that the information you're giving also is um, solid. But there's also that thing that people will fear. If I tell you where this guy is, you'll start looking at me as a suspect yes. more than um, someone who's giving someone you informed. critical information. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, okay, the, those cards, the posters that they were distributing were quite clear and they were saying, the person who provides the information that leads to the arrest of Muhammad Abdi Aden Okay, the information must not just lead to their arrest, but also lead to the successful, I mean, su successful prosecution. Because I probably, this is meant to weed out um, cases of people pretending mm -hmm. to be Muhammad. Because, you know, <laughs> I don't know if I've watched movies too much, but I know if someone can pretend I'm Muhammad, come and arrest me. Yeah. Or maybe they've made an arrangement another, with another person to, prevent, to present a fake person. I think that's meant to present that, to prevent that. And also, um, I don't know, I've never had testimonies of someone who's received the cash, but I trust that the, the money is you know, given to those who provide the information. What we know for sure is that the people who provide the information are never made public for their security of course for security reasons mm -hmm. and um, maybe with time we'll know whether you know, you see they the other day they no last year they placed a warranty for for someone who's been no for mm -hmm. for a suspect in what what we call it wildlife trafficking mm -hmm. and that person was arrested as he fled to somali yeah. Of course, somebody gave information. We don't know who gave that information. I don't know if they settled on one person and decided this is the person we give the bounty to. Also, remember, our National Police Service has also the never 60 told million. us <laughs> who got the money, yeah? who, who, who was given the, the money who, who for who the escaped. guys who escaped committee. If, if at all there was someone, probably. We don't know. We'll, we'll know someday. The so, 
there have been several um I don't know if it's miscommunications that the Kenya police has come out to deny and say this is not the position, especially during the holiday seasons. We've been seeing all these communications that don't go to crowded places. Uh, there's this and this and this attack. And then the IG of police says, hey, this is not a reality. This is not a communication. But then what does that do to the Kenyan who says uh, this converse communication looks like it was legit and now you're saying it's not from you. Uh, does it bring a sense of fear, Mary, in your, in your head? Before I talk to oh, Abala, um, in terms of, do you look behind your shoulder when you're walking in town? Um, I think that confusion is deliberate because to me the communication was legit. There was some threats. Uh, but the IG, the reason why the IG spoke was because the information didn't come from him. He didn't follow the procedures that mm -hmm. probably he wanted. So I feel sometimes the government does that so as to calm nerves. But sometimes it doesn't work for me because I feel if, you know, if I may, I don't know if I'll be trivializing it if I liken it to something an incident happening and happening at home and then your parent is telling you not to be worried yet you're in danger mm -hmm. isn't he isn't he supposed to tell you the truth so that you know where where to go and where not to go what time to be back at home but you see the government has its own ways of working and mm. wabala why do we get upset anytime the united states or the united kingdom or any other international embassy says hey uh, citizens of our country beware that the threat of terror is rife in Eastern in East Africa. No, I, I believe uh, when, 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 when the US, when, 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 when Britain and the likes of give such alerts to their, uh, their, their citizens, they are acting on, on information, tangible information. What then we Kenyans do is that we, rea we react in, 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 in patriotic vengeance, trying to 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 show the world that we are we are okay but deep down inside we know it's the truth because more often than not after that after that uh, alert one way or another there's always an attack mm. so for me it's it, we we're just trying to manage uh, to manage the, uh, the government tries to manage uh, the situation by trying to 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 stop mass panic because then mass panic won't help us yeah, you remember there's a time when when uh, when there were so many attacks in Matatus and all that, to the extent that uh, were it not handled by the by the government well, the security agencies well, there was going to be uh, a phobia against mm -hmm. people of Somali origin. Mm -hmm. That any time you got into a in, into a vehicle and there was one person of Somali origin, there would be some tension within the 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 the, 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 the Matatu, and and I think that is what we 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 need to be looking at. As for walking around uh, around uh, town, looking over my shoulder, well, I don't really do that because it will be too late. I mean, you ca you you'll you'll be basically walking in panic, walking in uh, in 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 fear because you don't know when that happens you're not you're never told it's going to happen here i mean i would be walking into nation and it just happens to me at, uh, on the on, on uh, at the entrance of nation mm -hmm. and there's nothing much you can do about it yeah but, but also leila if i may add uh, um, yes i don't know if you've come across security of no the police from central 
they they normally visit the buildings around uh, CBD to check on their preparation, you know, their preparedness. So when I see that happen, it gives me some confidence mm-hmm. that even if an attack was to happen where I'm, where I'm at, uh, I mean, I would have some way to, you know, get away from the scene of the attack. So that that and also seeing every time nowadays you walk just a few meters and then you come across two policemen who are armed uh, patrolling the streets, that also heightens the public confidence in they are not, you know, hap- a major thing not happening. I've seen also there's increased surveillance mm-hmm. in the in the in the city, um, whether it's the female um, AP SWAT team. Or it's a it's a van full of GSU officers. Mm. In the morning when I was coming to work, there was a lorry full of AP officers, all of them armed. Um, is there a feeling that there is um, heightened uh, surveillance in the city, or this is just part and parcel of um, their day-to-day activities to ensure that uh, the crime levels in the city are lowered? I think it's more than a feeling. It's it's really really happening because. Um, you know the, the the confusion comes in when you see when you see a lorry full of GSU officers, you're not sure whether they're going to quell some riot somewhere, <laughs> or maybe they are there because there's a terror alert. But um, what I know for sure is the, the security has been really heightened, even as as late as today. If if, if I may interject later, uh, just the presence. There's that. There's just that uh, presence of security agents. That in itself gives the Kenyans confidence that hey, these guys are working. They are pro- mm-hmm. they, they are there protecting our our. our, our they, they, they are there to keep uh, us safe. But one thing Kenyans have forgotten is that we have uh, the integrated uh, command center that monitors all cameras around the city, and that thing is huge. We, we tend to underestimate the capacity of that integrated command center. Mm-hmm. These guys, if, and I believe it's manned, would, are able to monitor and look at trends and, and, and traffic and, and, and both human and vehicular. Mm-hmm. They, they, are, they would be able, to, uh, in the event that somebody raised an alert, that there is a KD something vehicle that a, 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 a van that is moving from this point to this point and they are suspicious people. It will be very easy for our security agencies to intercept that vehicle and confirm mm-hmm. whether it's a, it poses a threat to the public or it doesn't do that. Is that, so, is that why we were able to uh, put into custody Buire in December who said he was arrested uh, as he was doing surveillance at the KICC for to give information to a terrorist organization for a planned attack within Nairobi. Exactly, that is how it was. It was able, they were able to do that. Uh, the, 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 the easiest example you can have is for 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 for, for, for the border border guys who assaulted uh, a dip, diplomat along uh, uh, what what is that road. And and they were it was a border border guy. He committed what uh, the offense that he committed took off, and they ended up getting him in Mukuru. Mm-hmm. It was easy for them to monitor his movements all the way from the scene of crime to where he went to seek uh, 
uh, whatever comfort or whatever it is and he was caught up with so kenya so, in the region has grown in uh, from the first because i know there were some attacks before that but 1998 was really when it hit kenya hardest and um i wasn't a grown person then i was in class 8 and i remember we had just closed school the previous thursday and i was seated home and then all of a sudden there's a huge dust storm in the air and then a boom you, you make me feel like I'm and then everything <laughs> went silent and then it was one of the darkest days in the country and from then i don't know maybe if if in 1998 i was <laughs> i was in class 8 like <laughs> you can imagine how old i am now mary says you will go happy you know leila when it happened i remember i was old enough to know to to understand what's happening in the news and um what i remember mostly about it is a few days later my my you know my dad is a very curious man mm-hmm. so whenever something big happens in the country he he's the father that would want the kids to experience it firsthand mm-hmm. so when it happened a few days later after some of the wreckage has been cleared and the place has been opened up for the public to you know appreciate the wreckage and see the impact of the the attack he took us there and we saw the rubbles and everything and it you know as a kid then i felt the pain of you know what had happened and also i remember i somebody mentioned that one of our relatives was also a victim of that i don't think she died she survived but you see when somebody close to you has gone through something then it touches you in one way or another you, you guys make, <laughs> you, you you're making me feel like an ancestor <laughs> It, it when it happened i was in nairobi i just come back from my studies out of the country and uh, was uh, trying to get a job i think i'd had come for an interview at nation mm-hmm. and then i was walking out my dad was around my fa- my sister used to work at uh, at uh, the bell bottom house she was in tsc cooperative building cooperative building and my dad had gone to meet my oh sister oh my and then i was on my own going around and then boom there was that explosion and those days there were no cell phones there were no cell phones yes so you can imagine uh that has happened and then i'm seeing the direction through which where the smoke is coming and i know it must be around that place so i'm running towards that place mm-hmm. and uh i get there and uh, the american marines uh have taken over control the guns and everything and there was like a small chop i think belonging to the americans that was picking up the casualties from mm-hmm. from the scene and i want to know whether my father is and my sister why in that building or they are not and they like you said they are not cell phones it was one of the most torturous uh times i've ever had because i didn't know where my sis my sister and my my dad were mm-hmm. luckily they had uh they had just left and gone for lunch mm. so they were not in mm-hmm. and uh, after that happened my dad just went got a, a public means to go and left the city mm-hmm. and i wasn't living with my sister she was living on her own and i was uh, living with a relative so for like two days we didn't know we d- we couldn't touch base mm. with each other but it was one of the worst uh i think it was the first terror attack it I was the largest to. that Kenyans had really yeah. gotten into contact with yeah. and i think uh, on the media part possibly it was maybe the newspapers then 
and then there was one major uh, private pre- pre- TV, yeah, station, TV station, and then there was yeah. the national broadcaster. Yeah. But over time, um, we've started experiencing them uh, in the new era and the new sphere. And how we've covered Terra, we have made our mistakes as the media, and we have owed up to them. And uh, what are some of the significant mistakes you you can point out that we keep on uh, making as a media when it comes to such of uh, attacks of such magnitude? One, I think, what, what one 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 thing that the media has always done is uh, in our quest to describe, expose how that has happened. We have always tried. We have always glorified the 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 the, the, the attackers' uh, actions, and we've always said how the police, how our security uh, operatives did not do this and or that, how they failed in these, mm-hmm. other than. Uh, looking at, at at the attack itself, the other thing we have always tried to do is of we have like like uh, like dur- during uh, Westgate. Uh, initially, we thought it was a, a robbery. It, yeah, when somebody called me, they said, "Hey, a robbery is happening at Westgate," and I remember I was driving from from town going back home, and then. I was called again and told me this robbery is taking longer than than usual. than usual than a normal robbery takes. So then I decide to drive back and go to Westgate. That is when we realize it's a terror a terror attack. And then 96 and hours later, we were still it, in we the were dark. still there. And, and remember that we were broadcasting live. Yeah. We were broadcasting live what was happening, mm. and these guys are also watching what we are happening. So even the rescue operations and what everybody is doing, we were able to. To, to capture that and interestingly those guys had tvs and they are watching and they're seeing what is happening so, so that's all, that's why i wanted to ask yes. you mary do you mm. think at some point we in the in the the midst of it all uh when we think we are we are we are getting the audiences the information as fast as possible we could be in a way glorifying what these people are doing um i think we get caught up in the need to provide information um you know, when the camera is rolling and no government official has given you any bit of information, mm. you're going to describe what you're seeing. Sometimes it's a hand that has been cut off from the other parts of the body. Sometimes it's, it's a decapitated head. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's blood all over the place. Things that you may not want to describe are what you end up describing and in the process hurting even these people more and glorifying what the terrorists have done. So sometimes we do it not wanting to, but because of the nature of, of the job. work. Yeah. But then yeah. that that comes to my other uh, conversation that when these things happen, uh, isn't it the right of the audiences to know? Especially uh, now that we've seen a couple of of small small attacks happening uh, on the belt of the north and eastern route. I know for a fact that in some parts of northeastern. There are some roads that people would not even dare use because there's the fear that uh, their vehicles will 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 ride on on an IED, which is something that we've seen uh, since December. Three or four attacks have happened on 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 that part, and and all of them are uh, vehicles uh, riding on on IEDs. The the latest one was 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 uh, was the Bura Bura East Bura Bura East the, the Kenha engineers who are mm. blown up in that but i also think uh they they, they it, it is uh what do i call it 
it it was the the misfortune of 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 of, of the jobs that we do engineers uh, have to be on that road i am assuming that they wanted to pave the road or there's an intention for the government to pave the road when once the road is paved mm. then the 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 the, the road road uh, roadside explosions will not happen the ids will not be able to because you have to excavate the the the, the paved road to be able to to do that and 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 i think uh for for some time that will be a haven for those kinds of operations because now uh, a head-to-head -head, uh, confrontation with the security agencies in kenya or in somalia wherever it is is not bear, bear, bearing fruit for for these terror uh, terror groups. So then they have to do that to and and, and for them, just uh, the the small act of having casualties that in itself glorifies them. I mean, mm. we as journalists will have to give the public information that this happened. While we are informing the public, we are we are also broadcasting the the successes of the of the of the Al Shabab. So we, we are caught between a, a rock and a hard place as as journalists when we are trying to 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 inform the public. And and, and the, the the misfortune is that the public wants more and more detailed information of what has happened. And the more we do that, the more we glorify uh, the, the terror group's uh, activities. And the Bonnie Enclave um, that you have spoken to that uh, Arachi uh, spent a lot of time on uh, we have a multi-agency team out there we have the military we now have manda bay which was uh, elevated into a full base mary by president uh, uhuru kenyatta and this was a year or two after that attack uh, that was aimed at um, the american also presence within manda bay um, how then do you see in how we've interacted in in terms of coverage of such uh, stories how Kenya has grown in leaps and bounds in terms of ensuring that that area which was a haven for some time for the Al-Shabaab has been dealt with to the level where we are seeing uh, probably less and less attacks from the Al-Shabaab. So I think the government has responded to that in different ways. Now, I was in Lamu two times last year and uh, the the second time I used the road between the Garcin. road from no from Ma Malindi to Lamu, mm -hmm. and what I observed and it was quite quite interesting was that um, some few meters from where the road has ended to where the bushes begin mm -hmm. uh, inside now the Boni Forest, the government has cre cleared all those bushes quite. You know, I don't know if to call it like a hundred meters between the thicket. the thicket. A huge part of the thicket has been cleared between Malindi and Lamu. Is that why people were complaining that the government wants to flatten the forest? <laughs> <laughs> Probably they didn't understand why that was happening. But I later came to understand that that was meant to. You know, Kitambo guys were complaining that. Uh, the Al-Shabaab terrorists are coming out of nowhere. The bushes, yes. They're coming out of the bushes where you can't even tell where someone is hiding. But with the way the bushes have been cleared, you can tell that there's someone hiding over there. There's someone coming, approaching my vehicle from behind. Mm -hmm. There's someone coming from this other end. So I, I found that very interesting. And uh, some locals also confirmed that it's working. Do we and still have the escorts? Y yeah. For the buses specifically? Yes. 
Yes, we still have the the, the escorts. It is uh, necessary that 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 they are there. I, I mean, like Mary was like Mary was trying to explain to you that they they, they have since uh, cleared uh, stretches on both sides of the road, just for security purposes, so that you are not mm -hmm. abushed uh, mm. uh, and from nowhere. From nowhere. Yeah. And 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 that is uh, something that uh, the Kenyan uh, Kenyan uh, forces have have have, uh, have fallen victim to in uh, in Somalia. Because the, the the forest also stretches all the way to, to and Somalia. I think a huge chunk of and that forest is, is inside Soma Somalia. Yeah, it's inside yeah. Somalia, so that is what ha what, what what was happening, uh, and and it's thick and dark and mm -hmm. all that. But the alternative that, that the Kenyan security agencies would have then is just to bomb the whole place, which is inhuman. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it, because they they are, they, they, they they are also, locals, they are also who, locals call who, call, yeah, who call that place home exactly. So it would not uh, work that way. But we should give, uh, we should commend the Kenyan security forces for the work they have done in securing that area. There are more, there are less and less attacks as compared to before. Mm -hmm. You can uh, uh, relatively uh, move between uh, Lamu and Malindi and 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 and, and towards Manda and all with with some with a better sense of security than it was before. Mm -hmm. And 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 I think. They have done well. Uh, give credit to it still. They, they, the Kenyan security forces have tried, mm -hmm. but we still have gaps, which uh, I believe with the with the continuous uh, continuous operations, mm -hmm. they will improve on and uh, secure that part of the country more than it better than it has they have done before. And also, Leila, so you know, one of the causes of um, terror, you know, people getting radicalized is. A community feeling like the government has neglected them so one one way i've seen uh, security forces in that region work towards you know f making the common the the people in the community feel that the government is for them and with them is bringing services to them like health care yes i've covered um, a week-long medical camp you know m these huge tents that were set up there by the local there's a there's a special AP unit that deeply that's deeply involved in counterterrorism operations in Lamu, mm -hmm. and so they were involved. They were conducting a medical camp in conjunction with the U.S. embassy, mm -hmm. and using that camp, they were able to get the locals' grievances and uh, feelings of what is happening on the ground. Some people are able to report on, you know, whether, whether they noticed there were some... Uh, people that they don't know. Yes, people who've come from Lamu at the time. And I remember that time they were able to foil like about two or three attacks in the same week that they carried out that medical camp. And, and you've spoken about it because yesterday mm -hmm. there was a story coming from Lamu County where the military, the Kenya Navy, is, is working in conjunction with the Kenya Air Force. And uh, they are doing an air, um, an air surveillance mm -hmm. as well as they are sending medical care to the extremely remote villages in certain parts of Lamu County. Uh, so they have a team of doctors, uh, and they have an um, amazing um, team of doctors uh, who are working with the community there um, to do mobile clinics for especially those communities that um, they cannot. They are far away. Uh, from probably the King Fahad mm. uh, main hospital, mm. which is on the island yeah. uh, in Shela, uh, possibly uh, access to, to medical care. And 
and i think also the government has tried in in one way or another in terms of ensuring that also kids are able to go to school so mm. one of the the things that i've realized uh, to make people not to be a easily uh, swayed into such activities is to give them empowerment and, and, and the best empowerment is just to educate them and um, and that's what also is happening in other areas uh, I remember President William Ruto in December he was insisting that the schools in Baringo County that have been affected with a different kind of terrorism uh, should be reopened for kids to go to school mm. yeah that is that, that is that, 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 those are in most most of the times uh, areas vulnerable to terrorism are actually remote places they are inaccessible or if they are accessible but the provisions or the basic provisions in life are not available schools medical care uh, hospi hospitals and the likes of are not available or even services just basic services like uh, what was it called the mr it was mombasa republican Mm. Council, council, uh, MRC. MRC. Yeah, I mean, they, if if you look at their grievances, is that we don't get title deeds, but Wabara come and they mm. get and they get title deeds. deeds. Yeah, and and those are the things that make them now uh, vulnerable to recruitment by uh, these terror activity, uh, terror groups. So if if these are provided for, I think they will 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 realize less and less terror activities or terror groups recruitment in the country as opposed to. What we have now. Some of the concerns by the MRC, many would think are quite uh, minimal, but some of them are legitimate. The issue of young people not having jobs in the coast, um, the levels of education in the coast, um, the issue of land has been um, a, a serious matter over time. So the government has has, has tried in its way to, to, to do some serious uh, groundwork in, in the coast, uh, but there's also, Mary, the story of... Um, the young men and women from the coast of Kenya being swayed into moving into across the border, uh, some of them never seeing their family members again, or now turning into when they come back, there's also that feeling that uh, you participated in an illegal thing. Uh, Mary, what can you say to that? Um, about returnees? Yeah, the issue of how mm. easy it was mm. at that time for this kind of terror groups to recruit within Kenya. Mm. And uh, at, for a long time, uh, they had a, a, a really rich pool in certain parts of the country at that time. And many of, of, of who they were recruiting are young people mm. who basically have either standard eight or form four level of education, and they're being promised uh, thousands and thousands of, 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 of money in return for their services across the border. So um, I think, um, you know, earlier, uh, <coughs> so, okay, I mean, the coastal region is seen as uh, one of the areas that Al-Shabaab prefer setting up their bases because of its proximity to Somalia. Somalia. Yeah, and we've seen that being that declining over time because of the operations being set up, being launched in the region, and especially now with the opening up of the TPU headquarters in Mombasa, you remember. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, you know, over time, terrorists are no longer approaching people directly the way they used to. Maybe 
come to people and tell them this you can join this organization you'll find money the government is not giving you employment we are willing to take you to somalia to give you a job to train you and you know give you some form of lifeline um nowadays they some studies have shown that they are using other criminal gangs existing in the region and in other places to be able to penetrate mm-hmm. so that they are not directly recognized by the security agencies and we see in the coastal region drugs is quite quite a huge problem and i think that is one of the avenues they would want to reach the young people even with their ongoing government onslaught so yeah but, but it's, it's also because uh, the cost like you're saying drugs there are very many people who are addicted to drugs and use drugs and an addict is the easiest recruiting recruit recru- uh, the recruitee you can never have mm. because they lack if they lack their dose they will do anything to get it mm. so if he's pr- if the lack of that want is certif- certified by a recruiter they will easily get him it is the reason that we had a lot of uh, a lot of uh, people coming from uh, from uh, isili majengo especially mm-hmm. the 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 majengo mosque that's what they were, they were picked up and 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 these were young men who don't have any hope in life and then somebody gives you a lifeline mm. and you look at this person as 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 a godsend and and m- sometimes they are not even aware that they're being recruited into terrorism they think they're just being included into going to do a job and they start by giving their families provisions for for a weekly provision food and all the kind of things so, so, it, so it, 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 it's enticing it, it is enticing i mean you, um, some there's here is, is somebody who's saving you from uh, uh for, from from starvation and then uh, giving you a stipend here and there once in a while and they send you on an on on, on an errand you definitely somebody the, the young guys will definitely pick up on that mm-hmm. and 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 I, and I think that is where the 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 the, the importance of cbo's comes in mm-hmm. then it is easier for them because they know in this community who is more vulnerable than the other person and they can pro- they can be able to to push for for provisions mm-hmm. for sustenance for assistance coming to these people so there is a very big uh, very big uh, role that the cbo's play and uh, when at some point of time uh, the government went and cracked down on NGOs coming into the country and remember relate the the times this was happening the crackdown on NGOs and their terror activities if if you look at them there's some some relation mm. there that the, the more people the more the, the CBOs the NGOs were being kicked out or, or uh, trampled upon the more terror activities were happening it's 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 interesting because in activities that are going on in in Mozambique which is at the tail end of Tanzania um I have spoken to several persons who understand security to an extreme level and they say um it's unfortunate that some of the participants in that part of the world include Kenyans mm-hmm. um how then now does as the government deal with this issue of sleeper cells recruitment uh even as we manage the number of activities that are happening within Kenya uh when we when we we're talking about those are happening outside Kenya uh, in one or another there will be a report of an individual or or two or three 
who are Kenyan citizens. But look, uh, like the two guys in uh, in DRC uh, who who, who uh, participated uh, differently or on different times with the, with the with the ADF activities. These are Kenyans who have committed crimes here. They are well. Kenyans. They are Kenyans who are wanted by the local police. They are Kenyans who have been in uh, in uh, in Somali on Al Shabab activities, or they have been members of Al Shabab and cannot return to Kenya for fear of being apprehended. So, wh what? Where else would they go? They will go to the next level of mm -hmm. of, of, of of safe, supposed safe haven they have, which is Tanzania, which is Mozambique, which is DRC. That is where they are going, and they are be being supported by. Uh, the same group of people, or there's an extension, people who 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 swear allegiance to Al Qaeda and ISIL. Th that is where they are going. So it is related to uh, the crackdown in Somali, in Kenya, and the lack of safe haven for the people who have participated in those other places. So, so it, it for 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 a long time, because we let Al Shabaab take get hold of of of, of uh, of Kenyans recruited them and pushed them into their in, into their war fronts. For a long time, we have quite a population of Kenyans, young Kenyans. Some of them who are educated. I mean, I'm man, the leader of Jeshi Aman, he's a Kenyan. He's a JKUAT graduate, mm -hmm. and and and, 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 and he's and from he's Central Kenya. Yeah, and he's from Central Kenya. Brilliant fella. And so is Gishunge, who, yes, was, yeah, exactly. who rented a space in, in, in Kiambu County. In, yes. mm. But his, his family has their base in Isiolo. Yes. So all these guys are not... We are not talking about guys from nowhere. We t we're talking about guys who understand the, 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 all the crooks and nooks of this country. I was in, uh, I was in, uh, in uh, Afmado. Uh, during the the, the 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 Kenyan incursion into into Somalia, mm -hmm. and I met a Kenyan from Central. Fighting in Somalia, he had tried to get into the Kenyan security forces for five years, and he failed. And he was given an opportunity to 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 by 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 well, by 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 by, by, by uh, this gentleman, the the the, the president, Shabab. no, the president of uh, of uh, Jubaland. Also, he's a security officer. He's a security officer in Jubaland, and he understands this country like he he understands the CBD, Nairobi. He speaks Sheng. You can relate with him. He knows every place you know. The gentleman I found in 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 Doble, Somalia, was of Somali origin. He'd 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 worked in Kenya menial jobs, and he he the the jobs weren't as forthcoming as as he would have loved. And that's why he joined the Somali security forces and was part of the Somali team that was working alongside the Kenya Defense Kenya Forces yeah. who's, who are based in that part of Somalia. So uh, when you speak of that gentleman in Afmado, and I've been to Afmado, it's quite a rural town, and um, the, the Kenyans have really tried their best um, to take care of those issues that Mary was talking about in terms of um, they do a lot of work in terms of schooling, they build schools, and they do a lot of medical camps, uh, especially for a community. The basics of medicine, for example, uh, chanjos out at Wadogo, uh, malaria is a big issue in that part of, of, of the world. Uh, so how then, Mary, do we 
look at ourselves as persons who've been affected by terrorism, persons who whose citizens have affected others uh, in terror. Remember, after the 2010 uh, Kampala attack, some Kenyans were arrested inside Kenya and they were uh, held in, um, in Uganda. I think some of them have not been released up until now. Yes, some of them have not. You remember there's also this other guy we met in Doble who's who was welding, was doing some welding work and he was saying it's he's from him Kitui. More money in Somalia, in Somalia than, than he did in Kenya. Mainly because Somalia is currently rebuilding itself. So yeah. as people build their houses, there's more work opportunities. And also the other shopkeeper. Yes. Remember? There's a whole lot of Kenyans who have gone to try their luck at, at, at earning a living mm. in inside Somalia. Yeah. Uh, which is a good thing. Um, okay, so regarding us Kenyans, um, you know, being in a position where we are the country in the region that's really put up great political and security efforts in curbing the spread of terror in the country, and at the same time being being that country where some of the masterminds of the attacks happening in the region are coming from, I I don't think we should maybe you know say that we failed we've really failed a lot you know some of these decisions are not um, they're not they're individual based they're individual decisions they're not made as a group and uh, for every decision that an individual makes there will always be consequences so as of a country actions. I think it's probably should be proud of the steps we've taken so far and you know that have ensured that in the recent years the the, the attacks have really really reduced, reduced. Mm -hmm. yeah but in the region uh, let me give kenya pat on the back mm. um we've grown in terms of our intelligence in terms of our counter terrorism you you you, you cannot compare westgate to do sit in how we respond to these attacks and i think the multi agency approach was a big big win for kenya in terms of um, planning uh, and for what I I would particularly wish more would be more civic education to Kenyans in terms of how then do you react in case of such an attack what do you do uh, how do you behave uh, how do you protect yourselves I think should there be something like that or am I dreaming no we should have that assuming that Kenyans will listen uh, there is there is a very interesting thing about Kenyans. If you went to a country, other countries, when there is a gunshot, when there is an explosion, people run away from it. Kenyans As run opposed towards to Kenyans, that attack. Kenyans runs towards it. And like, uh, like we have been told and instructed that when there is a blast, don't immediately rush towards it because there's always a secondary one. And the secondary blast is the one that is the most impactful mm. because it is anticipated that there will be a mob of people coming. So it will, so it will hurt it more It will hurt, more, hurt and kill more people. So you need to... But some will say the desire is to, to run and, and help those affected. That is, But there are people whose job it is to, to run that. there and do that job. Now, if, if me, me, Wabala, 
rushes to that place and you Leila rush to that place from different houses and different we, we, we don't have a coordinator we are not even trained on matters offering uh, first aid and the likes of it so all we'll be doing and it happened during the 1998 uh, 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 blast 97 at, uh, at the US embassy everybody wanted to do everything and uh, at the end of the day there was no coordinated uh, uh, assistance to the victims of the attack mm -hmm. now uh, if you noticed, Ducit was well planned. Uh, the response was well was well coordinated. So there were fewer casualties than would have been mm -hmm. had we'd left it the way we had left uh, Westgate. So for for us, we need to uh, they, they need, there's need to, there's need for civic education to the Kenyan public on how to respond to terror attacks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe when I was growing up, I would enter um, a supermarket. A building without necessarily being looked at in terms of who are you uh, but lately I've experienced it at a personal level you have you're walking into an establishment as a group of people and just because you're wearing a piece of cloth on your head um, they they pick you out um, and, and and that's not something that I suffer from alone uh, so many people have come out to say we are being profiled is that as a result of the so many attacks and how can an, a, as a nation can we address it so that we secure our country without necessarily making it feel like we are doubling down to a specific group of people? It, it's, it's, Leila, that is, that is a very interesting observation you've made. It's true that is what is happening. Uh, the misfortune is as uh, is that Kenyans have tagged an act with to a certain people, to, to a certain people, a certain uh, religious belief, a certain uh, way of dressing, and, and you you can't get it out of their heads. It will take a long time and for a lot Kenyans of and a lot of effort, a lot of education for people to understand that. And I like one thing I like about uh, about uh, World Cup was that there was a lot of condemnation about Qatar and uh, we, because of religious beliefs and everything and and they were the west was very uncomfortable with mm -hmm. a world cup being held in Qatar but Qatar proved something they 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 the, the way they behaved they brought out both their religion and the way of life life of the people in Qatar uh, that demystified mm -hmm. how people think about all they said is that we we, we are not accepting gayism but everything else mm -hmm. was and Qatar uh, I mean the World Cup ended up being one of the of the best World Cups ever held mm -hmm. yeah uh, and, and they they demystified and it's interesting Mary before we close this conversation um, that terrorism has happened at a different level between Northern Ireland and 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 Britain and Britain yes and um, it's 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 a battle of two segments of of the Christian faith um, as you have covered um, security in the last five years have you encountered such concerns of where the line can be drawn in, in terms of how best we can deal with this threat uh, and treat everyone as uh, a human being <laughs> Does it make sense? Um, 
okay in my opinion i feel one way the security agencies are involved in countering terrorism are helping get rid of that stigma is ensuring that uh, muslims quote unquote are involved in these talks that um, discourage people from joining radicalization mm-hmm. so that even the young people who are growing up and the youth on social media can see that uh, you know it's not a way of life there's there's the good and the bad and good muslims don't behave like this and there are bad people in every society and there are bad people in every society and especially the attacker do see it taught us that uh, an attack can be you know just treated by anyone from any tribe any religion from uh, and much <laughs> of the time it is usually money driven because mm-hmm. um, and especially now that there was a new report saying that the terror hotspots in the country are changing nowadays when you go to nakuru when you go to kisumu and think that a terror attack cannot happen in the region you you you'll be right. shocked you'll be shocked it can happen right right where you are mm-hmm. So maybe apart from teaching well, apart from engaging more muslim scholars and experts in talking against radicalization and terrorism maybe also the community can be taught through what we were saying civic education on you know muslim is a good religion it's part of who what we have as a country in Kenya they recognized by the constitution so mm-hmm. you 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 must not sideline them it's up to you now to differentiate between the good, good and evil and, and the bad yeah wow i think time is is our biggest enemy <laughs> <laughs> even when the conversations are picking up quite well um and a final note mm-hmm. um wabala how do you think the region um, is moving forward in terms of counterterrorism? Because uh, you find that it's connected to other cross-border crimes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think uh, the region is doing uh, considerably well uh, compared to uh, when, when you look at the situation as it is. Uh, we are afflicted by drug trafficking, human trafficking, uh, Traffic, sex trafficking sex, sex trafficking yeah and, money laundering uh, money laundering and all, all these actually f- are the are the funders of terrorism that uh, uh proceeds of uh, of 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 these criminal activities uh one way or another end up uh, uh funding terrorism or uh terrorism is what uh propagates the the the, 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 the these vices that are in in society and, and and looking at uh, the region we have really done well as a region and i think uh, though much effort is, is supposed to be put in but uh, seeing as it is uh, and and it is the reason uh, it's the reason that uh, that uh, the region is doing very well there's there's a, a concerted effort within the whole region there are uh, uh, regulations laws coordinated by the regional camp, uh, government uh, g- g- regional governments to stop some of these vices mm-hmm. uh, human trafficking money laundering drug trafficking they all the agencies in the region coordinate to try and manage uh, all these vices and i think if they did that the, 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 with this concerted effort we're going to see less and less uh, less and less activities and and with the with the with the regional uh, 
uh, identification documents like passports and everything, the e passports and the mm-hmm. likes of it. We are going to find less and less. And now the, the, the e passport has um, your biometrics. Your biometrics, mm-hmm. yeah. We're going to see less and less of these attacks. Yeah. Mary, your final thoughts? I think now the biggest headache the country maybe has, apart from fighting terror physically, is the the issue of online radicalization. I don't know if you saw the Mutahika Higa's TikTok. Yeah, I don't know if it was yesterday and someone had cho- joined in. Ah, yes, 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 I saw that. You know, I was imagining if that's a terrorist who's done that and he's been able to pull some people to his side and mm. able to follow him and visit And he kept on his, saying, please join, please uh, join, and please join. love hearts. I mean, hey. So I think that's another broad area that uh, efforts are being put to make sure that it's not spreading as fast as it as the enemy would want it to, but I really hope and wish the government well in that. And I think uh, Kenya, we've done quite well. Mm. We still face a couple of challenges. The reason the region as well faces a couple of challenges, but we take the wins that we have, mm. and we we prepare uh, for. We don't expect them to happen, but when they do, we I find that we are really ready. Uh, for for anything at hand and we've grown in leaps and bounds and we should give our security agencies a really huge part uh, on their backs and uh, it's a great government effort and, and and even with these alerts that are coming out from the international community I think it's it's time to 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 listen and and and, and to dissect those alerts and for the benefit of the country and so far uh, so good, and the conversation continues in the next episode. Security, defense, diplomacy is a big, big conversation. Uh, we thank you for joining us in this one, for listening in, uh, and we hope you'll be with us uh, in the next episode. I'm Leila Mohamed. Dominic Wabala. Mary Wamboy. And this has been your security blog for this week. Thank you. <laughs>